0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Precision Medicine holds great promise for treating genetic diseases such as certain types of cancers. To drive progress, Harvard Business School Executive Education has developed a new program, Accelerating Innovation in Precision Medicine, which brings together leaders from business, science, medicine, and technology to explore new models for advancing personalized medicine. The program takes place on the Boston campus in September. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me precision. That's hbs.me precision.
0: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel.
1: And I'm Darren Noel.
2: And we are here again on Wednesday, same time, same place, five years later, right? Here to talk to you about um, some really amazing stuff. So last week you all tuned in where, when Evangelie was here, that's also known as Evangela, Evangela, Angela Pewitt. And uh, she's a life coach, and Dan's going to give you a little bit more about her. But before we get into that, I want to say a couple things, because some of the questions tonight get deep. I'm going to give you a telephone number to this office. The number is 630-428-2344. That's the number to the office. If, if something is happening for you that's a little deeper than what we can cover in 45 minutes tonight on the radio show, call and get some help, because some of these things are really um, big. It's more like... Mental illness, is more like long-term decisions need to be made, goals need to be set, changes need to happen. Um, Darren's also going to give you the contact information for Evangie. Also, if you want to call in tonight and ask a question, the guest call-in number is
1: 323-693-3835,
2: 323-693-3835.
1: Right. So like Dr. well said, we're definitely glad to have Andy Kewitt back with us another week. Okay, she is a life coach in the Chicagoland area right here. And she has a focus on transitional life coaching, okay? She's been a minister for over six years. She's married for over 22 years and has one son, okay? She actually does group life coaching sessions here in Naperville, Illinois, at the Marriott Hotel on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. That life coaching group session is open to the public, and you get some more information about Andy Pugh and her ministry at Authentic Changes, the number 4 Authentic Changes, the number 4U.com. Is you use the letter U?
2: And the letter U.com. Okay. So you know that's like authentic changes for you, right? We want you to tune into those. So, all right, we're going to pick up where we left off last week because we've got a lot of questions to go through. And um, I'm going to answer the ones from last week first. We're going to all go around really quickly because we got some humdingers on the ones that came through the email tonight. As usual, I have, I'm not going to say names to the innocent and the guilty too, right? We're just going to protect everybody that we can protect. So let's start with the first question. Um, it says, I see some pretty terrible people prosper. It seems like God, no, we answered this one, right? Last yeah. week, God hears them and not me, and we kind of came to the consensus that God hears, okay? Yeah. The next question says, more bad has happened to me since I started living right. How is that possible?
1: So that's, I'll say that. It's definitely possible, obviously, but one, because once you start making a decision to live for God, okay, guess what? you get on Satan's radar, okay? So now he could be out to get you, okay? So just like you know the parable of the seed, as soon as that word gets in you, you got to watch out because Satan's going to try and come and take it away from you. So you got to be stay grounded, make sure you're surrounded in a good church, okay? Staying in the Word, okay? And have make sure people are praying for you and you're praying for yourself. So be prepared for that.
2: Oh, okay. Let Let me say something. When we know the law, Paul said this he said that I didn't know it was sin until I knew the law, right? And so until we understand what's happening in our our lives, we may not even know what negative is coming our way. Sometimes you just don't know what negative is coming your way. But we live in a fantasy world when it comes to God, that when we come to God, that no negative will ever happen to us again, and we'll, like, have a magic carpet ride, and our lives are going to be grandiose and perfect and great, and, like, we won't even stub our toe. But that's not the reality in Christ. And I find that when people get into Christ, they feel like, why did he let this happen to me, which is the topic of the show? Mm-hmm. How could this happen that I could have a bankruptcy? How could it happen that, I, you know, that my friends aren't speaking to me anymore? Because when you become Christ-like, some people don't like it. But God never promised that our lives would be perfect he said that he would. Be, we could depend on him through a struggle. So I kind of want you to look at this differently. That yes, it's possible that more. It could be possible more bad is happening to you now. But God requires something of us, and I don't know what He's requiring of you. But you got to run the race to the very end, no matter what happens, so that you can get the ultimate reward. Yeah, I think that
0: um, it's easy for us to say bad things happen because now we're on the opposite side of it. Sometimes when we're living in things, bad things are still happening. It's just that we're so used to it, we don't Mm -hmm. recognize it. Mm -hmm. But then when we give our life to Christ and we make a conscious effort to change, we recognize those things clearer, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to speak. You know what it makes me think of? It it makes me think of my husband, I
2: visit my grandmother every week, and we always try to leave before it gets too dark, you know. But it used to be I stayed outside in that same neighborhood in the dark, Right. That the news is talking about all the murders happening, it didn't even bother me. I was like, "Pookie Lolo ain't no murder, bro. It wasn't right. It was, it was just wrecked. Wreck, right. <laughs> and it never—it it just didn't make me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I lived on the west side, and I mean, them thugs—I knew them thugs, What's thug. so up, thugs. Right. Yeah, but it, they didn't—it didn't seem like that, right? Well, when I got my new car with my shiny new rims, when I was driving back, I was like, "Click, click, click!" <laughs> what? It changes, right, because Absolutely. now I had something to lose, and I was aware that I had something to lose, right. whereas before, you know, none of us had too much of that, so I wasn't worried about it. So I think it's, it's perception and vantage point. Yeah. Next question says, um, why does God let rape happen? D?
1: Okay. <laughs> so, I I will go back. I was talking about free will, meaning God allows people to make decisions, to do, uh, to do good or do bad, right? So Someone decides to murder, someone decides to rape, someone decides to abuse a child, all those things, okay? And he allows people to truly to freely choose to do the right thing or the wrong thing. He tells people there's going to be consequences for their decisions that they make, and they'll get consequences at the, same, at the same time, okay? But he allows people on earth to make free decisions. Some people are going to choose to do wrong thing, okay? It's very unfortunate, but some people choose to do the wrong thing, and one of those things can happen to be you be raped. Okay? But he allows everybody to have a free will and do a choice, and people choose to do good or choose to do evil. Sometimes people choose to do evil.
2: Rape is a heart problem to me. I -hmm. I just think, you know, here we go with heart surgery. There we go, (laughs) we we need some heart surgery here. What's in somebody's heart comes out. It Mm -hmm. comes out. And God doesn't sit anywhere and say, go rape that person and go do... People make choices to do things. And when they do things, then it's If God were real, he would kind of come down and stop this from happening. But we ran God up off the earth. I want you to remember this. If we look at scripture, he backed off. Now, he still gives us rules. He gave us an entire
0: book to follow. And if we
2: all actually read the Bible and did it,
0: rape wouldn't happen. It really wouldn't. And then we still have to look at the side of the person that is violated. Absolutely. If I'm violated and I internalize that, it's going to work for my bad. But if I'm violated and I really take my story and empower myself, then I become a testament as to my violation didn't stop me from doing what I needed to do. And sometimes we always take things and look at the bad things as if they are the worst things. If we just start looking at our story as being just that, the story of my life, not being I got raped, I'm not the rape. Right. right. So when we just think and we say, God, what do you want me to do with this? We can empower other people who go through other things because God's not coming down off the throne. He needs witnesses. So once Mm -hmm. something happens to me and somebody violates me, I can take that and I can make it very powerful, even though it started out as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I can always internalize that, get with God, say, Lord, why did this allow, why did this happen to me? And Mm -hmm. once you really get close enough to him to hear it, Mm -hmm. you will see that there's always what they say, and this is the cliche, silver lining. <laughs> and your, your misery is your ministry. Yeah. So it's always tied into it. It's just the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also going to say this. That's a very good question to ask God. Why'd you let this
2: happen to me? Absolutely. I mean, alone in your quiet space, first of all, you have the right to grieve what happened to you, be angry about what happened to you, kick, scream, jump up and down. And then do something, right? That's that's right. what I always tell people. when they do something about it. Not go out and shoot somebody. Let me clarify <laughs> when I say, "Doctor, says so do something." I mean do something positive so that you don't stay stuck in the negative that happened to you. Because you don't know the person's story sitting next to you. You don't know. You don't know what they went through. You know. And one of the things I love about church, one of my favorite things. My husband always laughs at me about this is at my church, my child's church, they would give testimony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I would love the testimony. Then the pastor would open the doors of the church. Y'all remember that? Sure. Yeah. Y'all were all there with Y'all remember everything. Yeah. And I would run for it I One time he said, oh, sister, you didn't join. I just used to be like, I want to come too. I want to be a part of it. But the testimonies taught me something. Some mm-hmm. of those little old ladies sitting there that I thought, you know, her life has always been perfect, they have been beaten. Mm-hmm. They have been, kids have been killed. They have been raped. They have been poor. They had done horrible things and had horrible things happen to them, but they still were able to stand before God and be like, I want to I be a part of your kingdom. I want to do something good for the kingdom. And I feel like that gave me the power to think anything can be used for the power of God. Yes. Just like Angie was saying, turn that into something that you can use positively. And let me say this, that's not going to happen overnight. So, like, right. when you watch TV, you know how the, People murder a bunch of kids, and the next day everybody says, I forgive you. I'm not that tight. I might need to stew in that for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Process, Mm -hmm. digest it. Figure out, wait a minute, how could you walk in and kill kids and blow this up? You have to think about these things. So it's not going to be overnight. So if you're thinking that tomorrow by noon I should be over, Mm -hmm. that may not happen. And it could take you a month, a year, but however long it takes you to get to your testimony, when you get to your testimony, you can touch lives
1: after that. Absolutely. So I think the question, as you go into it, with the question: really asking, Why would God let this happen to me? Not generically, but not a generic question. Why would God let this happen to anybody? But why would God let this happen to me? I guess yeah. the thing, Did I do something to cause this? Is this because of I was an evil person, or something was wrong in me? And that's why this happened. I think that that maybe what the real question is this person is asking mm-hmm. is, and that's not necessarily the case. Absolutely. Okay, just like if someone gets side swiped in the car, if someone gets tilted in a car accident, it just happens. It's not necessarily because that person was driving was evil who got hit by the car. It's just unfortunately that unfortunate life situation happened. Not necessarily because that person was evil driving the car who got hit. Not necessarily the case. Or if somebody gets murdered walking down walking down the street. Someone gets murdered, gets shot. A little kid gets shot by a drive-by. Because the because a little kid was, was, uh, was evil or the other person walking the block was evil and they got shot? No. It's to have this evil in the world and even falls on good people and bad people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And like, you know, Scripture says be in the world but not of it, right? But we're, every day that we walk on this earth, we're a part of it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And we see it. We experience it. And we have choices to make. I mean, sometimes things happen because we have, we have to make some choices, and God has to see that we're willing to, to do anything, anything. Right. Endure do anything to be with him because Jesus endured so many things just for our own salvation. Uh-huh. Yep. So, so now we have page two of our questions. And y'all hear me second. And y'all know when Dr. Noel stacks the paper on the desk is somebody that wrote something that's going to have me say something. So first, I'm going to read the whole question to you. And we're all just kind of going to chime in when it's time. But it says, Dr. Noel, I just found out that I was pregnant by my sister's husband. There's a period after that. It started because they were separated, and he came to me for support. We talked a few times. I tried to console him, and now I'm pregnant. He always felt remorseful about the situation, but for some reason, I never did. Recently, he repaired his relationship with my sister and stopped seeing me altogether. I recently told him that I was pregnant. He told me to get an abortion, but I don't believe in abortion. He is going to have to be responsible. I'm not going to just make his problems go away. He told me that no matter what, he wants to stay married to my sister. I'm not sure what steps to take, but I know my sister is aware of something because she is treating me different. Please tell me what to do next. Okay. I'm hitting the table. I'm pounding the table. I'm pounding the table because I see the words. I just found out that I was pregnant by my sister's husband. Mm. I got problems with that situation. And let me just, he came to you to be consoled, and you should have turned him away. You should have, first of all, men, Men, men like this is a penis problem. This is a penis problem. This is an angry penis. Because only angry penis has falling to your wife's sister. So if he's listening, your penis is mad. And it should not be putting itself into women that you're not married to. And I, I mean, you yes, you sexy. So I'm not judging. I'm just making a transparent truth, transparently open to you guys. So first of all, you must be angry with your sister. Got to be. Something wrong, Evangie. Got to be. Something wrong, because this is your sister's anything. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you ain't date your friends, nobody. If your friend liked him, you wouldn't talk to him. Don't you remember that? That's it. That's the code. And now you're telling me your sister's husband's penis fell inside you. And it said, let let me read it. I don't want to lie here. It says, um... It started because they were separated. He came to me for support. We talked a few times. I tried to console him and now I'm pregnant. That's not how you got pregnant. You weren't consoling him. That's not what you were doing. Stop lying to me when you send me these emails. Okay? (laughs) Number one, you wanted to have sex with that man. And he obviously wanted to have sex with you. Because he came to your house when he could have went to any man, he could have went to his pastor. And maybe he didn't have nobody. But you could have called a show, Darren would talk. Absolutely. Daryl talk. Come on. Man. And so man, this is a man problem. This is a man problem. You petty lady, but this man got a man problem. He needs to have some life coaching from a man. He needs to talk to a man about his penis because this is wrong right here. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me that he he didn't love you now mm-hmm. and went back to his sister. So That's let me see. Yeah. So let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Y'all sound like the Jacksons. Don't them Jacksons both have a baby by the same... I heard that. ...had two babies apiece by the same female? Like, all these ladies in the room and you couldn't find another vagina... Let me say this to you, ma'am. You wanted to be pregnant by this man, and now that you are, you, you're feeling like you're in a competition with your sister because, see, you're not married here. Mm-hmm. You're not married. So I think that you were jealous of her relationship with him. And when you saw a vulnerable spot, now let me tell you what people, what a thief does. When you fall in front of a thief, he steals from you. Mm, that's it. You a thief, lady. He uh. fell in front of you, your sister had a problem, and you stole from your sister. Now you got babies. She got babies. They're gonna be cousins, sisters, and brothers. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. And now you're gonna tell me? Let me let me lower my voice. I'm sorry, because I'm not angry with you. I'm just like perturbed because this situation happens all the time. By the way, it does. What's frustrating here is you're telling me you don't, you are right with adultery, but you won't. You're not all right with abortion, so you're not gonna get the abortion because you don't believe in that. Woo! You don't believe in that. That's good. Now your faith. Let me get this. This is why Christians have a bad name. Now Jesus walks in the room. Now you're pregnant, <laughs> and I'm gonna lay down in the law because I don't believe in it. Really, really, really. When you get righteous, I I I, I gotta stop talking. Angie, <laughs> Angie, <Andrew, laughs> go ahead. I gotta stop talking because he. Nah, I'm not done. Right? Because I'm not I, I knew it. I'm <laughs> no
1: let, let,
2: no let me no say, no say something. Your sister treat you different. You <laughs> You can't be trusted. You you. Your sister fell in front of you, and you a thief, so then you took from her. Then now you're trying to destroy her. Because do you think the marriage is going to work after you roll up and say you got a baby by her husband? And then for every time she comes around
0: to see you, she got to see that baby uh-huh. with you, not the chick down the street. Right. But, but did you see where she said, I'm not going to make his problems Yes. Up. So now you being pregnant is his problem. That's his problem. Yes, yes, if fancy. You're so right. It's so
2: You're so right. And my mother told me about the birds and the bees at about five, mm-hmm. and they had to work together
0: to make honey. Hey, <laughs> but it was not a separate thing. And I see problems uh-huh. in both areas. Yes. Not only is he going to have a problem with his wife, yes. he's still your sister. Yes. So you're going to have a problem yes. with her too. Yes. This is just not his problem yes. and then you're not even thinking about the child that's not even here yet. It's going to have a problem.
1: How am going to explain that at school. Right. right. But,
2: but let me say what else is wrong with this situation. You have ripped your family apart at the foundation. Absolutely. it might not ever be able to be right here mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell you something and I'm a believer in God and I've been going since all of me had to a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can forgive you for this. Wow.
0: I'm going
2: to be honest with you. Sister T E R, not her sorority sister, but this is my mm-hmm. sister's husband. How dare you rob from her? And sir, if you're listening, don't be washing your hands all quick and running back to your. I'm gonna be with my wife for the rest of my <laughs> life.
1: I don't know if
2: that's true because right. when she finds out,
1: she may be out.
2: Yeah, but let me said, just say something. And it's not—it's not the child's fault. I'm not blaming no. nobody, baby, right here. Right. But the baby gonna have consequences because guess what? If I'm them other two kids talking to you for what? For who? Mm-hmm. Turned down for what? Mm-hmm. How how you how they gonna be brother and sister? This ain't the same thing as Jane thinking. Mm-hmm. Right, and what? We're aunt cousins. Then what you gonna tell your mama, ma'am? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who you gonna tell your mother the father's to baby? How your parents gonna deal with this? How you, are you
1: gonna know? tell your in-laws? Yeah. Tell the sister's parents that you have open and crazy. That's you know, nasty.
2: Come on now, that's nasty. Change your panties. And then what gets even worse here is, you know how I can tell your parents did right by you because you know abortion. You feel like abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know you were sneaking, and but then you said he felt remorseful. You never did. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you hear
2: that? I, I, I heard it. She said and
0: read
2: it already. For some reason, I never did. Your mm-hmm. heart is mm-hmm. dirty. So mm-hmm. let me tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a first step because that's what she said. Yeah. Not sure what steps to take. Yeah. Repent, first of all. You need to sit with God and have a conversation. Now, here's what we talked about last week, but the consequences are still here. Mm-hmm. The consequences. And unfortunately, your baby is born into sin and is a consequence of the situation. And imagine a child who comes out realizing he's a consequence. It won't take them long because you know how family do. When well, in Thanksgiving dinner, something's going to come out. It's going to fall out. It's going to drop out. It's going to get fed. That's it. So now you're bringing a child into a situation that's broken. And God can put anything back together. But listen, he what's to put together back here? You broke the sisterhood. He broke the marriage. That's it. So what are we asking God to do? Well, what do we want to happen? I mean, best case scenario,
1: um, you move. That, that's the only way I actually see going down. Or well, he moved. One or the other. You got to move, and that's just to me the, the line is drawn between the sisterhood. Guess what? I'm never going to see you again. I'm going to leave. Work
2: your on day. Day. Yes. Yeah. Work on your insecurities too. Right. Find out why you looking for a husband and somebody else is broken. Dead. He came to me. First of all, dude, why are you calling this female for some support for a man problem? To the his wife's sister. She don't, normally this is gonna be on the wife side and right. Because <laughs> <laughs> she showed him before today. She was open. Right. For yes. right. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. Couldn't
0: have been my.
2: Sister. Exactly. That's, thank you. 'Cause I'm gonna tell you something. I got my sister would have never. Yeah. Ever, ever thank
0: you. Never, ever. That's a low
2: down dirty thing to do. And let me also tell you something. If you thought that you were gonna be getting her life by getting him, he's going to resent you because people hate to look at their consequences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he ain't by himself. Most people hate to look at it. What Jesse Jackson do, he don't even see that kid. Just to, well, I didn't mean to bring him into it, but I'm saying. He doesn't. But I'm saying, he don't, he don't see that kid. He don't see that kid. He went maybe for middle school graduation and whatnot. But you know where he'd be at? With his wife and his other six kids trying to make sure that she don't leave. Him. Now, Jesse's listening to Joe, so how do I get involved in the show? How do I do you want to get involved in the show? You're right, Pastor. <laughs> Mr. Jackson, I don't even know you. I don't even know you. I shouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm taking. I can't take it back. But you know what I'm saying. So what I'm saying to you, ma'am, is first of all, you probably already forgave yourself because you said you didn't feel any guilt. But repent, for real, for real. Sit sit along with God and have a conversation about what's happening for you. That that was okay. Deal with mm-hmm. your instinct You need some therapy mm-hmm. because the postpartum here is going to be mm-hmm. horrible because he's going to be in an effort to prove mm-hmm. that he's not that he wants her more than you, so he's not going to be able to be there for you and the child. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. You have destroyed so many lives right mm-hmm. here. You have to be accountable. for. Now, dude ain't, dude ain't innocent here. He's not innocent here. You know what I'm saying? You know, when Jesus was sending there and they brought him the chick that cheated and not the guy, mm-hmm. he said, now, wait a minute now, mm-hmm. you know, he was was without sin, cast the first time. So I'm not sitting here saying I'm without sin. I'm telling you, you sin so close to the house that the boo boo sense is so strong mm. that you might have to do more than shove them to get rid of it. Mm. Now I'm done. Angie, please.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna come from the life coach side.
1: Okay.
0: I'm gonna ask her to understand that her sister is going to need time to process this. Mm-hmm. This is not gonna be an overnight fix. It's just not. And even though we are ready, when we do things, we have to give people the same amount of time mm-hmm. that it takes for them to heal on the healing spectrum. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is total betrayal, betrayal,
2: chaos, total chaos. betrayal. And here's the other thing. I'm gonna tell you what you asked. What to do. Shut your TV off. Let me tell you why. You've been watching some some um. Reality TV, for real though, for real. I think that people watch this stuff mm-hmm. and you don't realize that they're scripted. You don't see, they, every time somebody says, I'm going to do a reality TV show, I put out in the atmosphere. I say, please, Mary Mary, don't do a reality don't TV do show. Don't do yeah. Please, person X, don't do one because what happens is your life becomes a spectacle. Right. And I think you were watching it on TV and you thought that it would be different than this because nobody right. thinks it's going to happen to them. That's the right. other truth. Right. But I have to believe you were trying to get pregnant because mm-hmm. you're pregnant. And at the age that you're, I mean,
0: I feel like you are grown. <clears throat> so you, at this age in life, you ought to be able to know how not to get pregnant. And now I, it just seems like she wants God to bless something that, that already just started out. Correct. Wrong, right, and and there's just no, no way. Mm-mm. There's no way. So right now, mm-hmm. to pick up the pieces, I totally agree that you need to repent. Mhm, mhm. But after you repent, mm-hmm. I think that you still need to deal with your heart.
1: Yeah, and you right. need to make
0: some honest
1: mm-hmm.
0: things known to you. Mm-hmm. If you never liked your sister, mm-hmm. you need to deal with that.
1: Mm-hmm. because you
0: just can't act like this to somebody that you've ever loved. No. It, mm-hmm. it just is not possible. Mm-hmm. So you need to really dig deep and really ask yourself, what is it that you wanted from this particular man mm-hmm. that you really didn't have enough self-control within yourself mm-hmm. to think of all of the outcome? Mm-hmm. Because I still <laughs> can't get over the fact that now you want to hold him responsible, and to say that you're not going to have an abortion to make it easier for him.
2: And let me say something.
0: Nobody at this table is telling you to
2: get an abortion. Nobody. No, we're not. What we're saying to you, though, is you're kind of acting like you're shocked that he would come from that direction. Right. You're Mm -hmm. kind of acting like you're surprised that he would view the pregnancy as a curse and not a blessing, Mm -hmm. right? But so the pregnancy is evidence of wrongdoing, though. Right. And nobody likes a trail of that, and I think that's that's the issue. And, and again, if I chime in with the on the coaching part, again, like I said, what are your insecurities that mm-hmm. you needed? You, it's almost like you needed. Yeah. And like as I read the question, you're feeling kind of like, and we got to move on. There's give me that that tap, but it's just this <laughs> one is, this question, for lack of a better word, is, is pregnant with information here. <laughs> yes. We got to dissect it. But um, but let me also say this to you. Let me also say this to you. If your sister never forgives you, you have to deal with that. That's it. You can't just say, I want to come clean now, and I can't clean. I did the right thing, because that's kind of what I'm hearing. I did the right thing, and now she wants to be small and say, she may be angry for 20 years. She has two children. I mean, she, according to you two, I'm sorry, well, I'm assuming two children. But she has children, and so you guys have to deal with that situation. Yeah. So anybody else to add in anything? No? Okay. Number two, um, what proof is there that there is a God. With all the bad things happening in the world, what kind of God will let the Paris, the Paris bombing happen? I'm going to start with your things.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to just start by saying, you know, God told us in his word in the book of John 16, he said that you will have suffering in this world. He didn't say you might. He said you will. But why God allowed this to happen, I just have to be flat out honest. I don't know because I can't stand in the shoes of God. I don't know the knowledge or his thoughts. I don't see through God's eyes. So I really don't know why God will allow this to happen. But I do know one thing, that he promised us in Romans that our present suffering will be compared to the glory that he has to reveal in us. So Mm -hmm. I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm going to put the question up for the two. So what proof is there that there's a God? Okay, first off, I'll start off with you know, <laughs> yeah. seasons. He said that. Uh, baby being born, gravity, things aren't all chaotic all over the world. A flight, you see an airplane fly, we're going to the moon. That, you know, God has to be in that. That doesn't automatically happen uh, by a fluke. There's got to be a creator that has a master plan that puts all these things in order. So that's just that first question there, right? The second thing, you know, why all these bad things happen. If we go back to what we said before. It's free will. God gives people a choice to do right and wrong. You can say, well, how come God didn't blow up the guy while he was making the bomb, right? Because so he was going to be murdering people. I'm going to ask you the question. You think anybody who was killed during the Paris bombing was a murderer? Was any child molesters killed during that bombing? Was anybody who was uh, an or killed during that bombing? My point being that we are all sinners, we're all worthy of death, right? Mm-hmm. So God said the is the <clears> sin <throat> of death, right? So we're all worthy to die. So we should be thanking God every day that he doesn't kill us. So thank God I wasn't in that bombing. Thank God. I wasn't killed in a car crash I was like, Thank God I'm allowed to see another day to repent to change my way to become a better person. Okay, so I can be, do what God wants me to do. Okay, so thank God for that you're not uh, killed. Okay, I think it like that.
0: But why do we always? And I'm not getting on the the question or the person asking the question. But how can we always want God to prove who He is when things are happening bad?
1: Mm, okay.
0: How can we never say when things are going great? Oh is there a God? Because this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. No, the first thing we do is say, oh, thank you, God. So we never question it when it's good things. Mm
2: -hmm. But we always
0: want to know where he is in the bad.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say two things. The first thing is, what what proof is there that there is a God? You're the proof. How do I know? Because I have a house. And every time I see a house, I just know there was a builder. I don't say that that house used to be a tree. That tree exploded and turned into lumber. That lumber exploded and built itself stuff into a house, and then it knew that it would need this and that, and so it did it. I see a house. I know there was a builder. I see a car. I know there was a builder. I see you. I see your questions. I know there was a builder. That's good, Doc. That's
1: good. And so
2: I don't have to know how he built you, and all, all I know is if you are here, you were built. All of us were. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. And, and so it has to be true. Here's the last thing. Why does God, um, I'm, I'm skipping the question, what kind of God would let the Paris bombing happen? Um, the same kind of God that would bless us. He allows decisions to be made, and, and everything that happens in the world is secondary to the decisions that we make. Ooh. Number three, uh-oh, here's a person said. oh, wait, last thing I want to tell you. You know, for a while my mother worked in the ER. And uh, people would come in, these hardened criminals that have been shot and whatnot, and they would be screaming out for Jesus. That's another way I know he's real, because these dudes be the tough guys that they wouldn't do time and whatnot, but whenever they got shot or a pinky toe fell off, they was calling out for Jesus. He's just got to be real. Um, Number three, I'm in a good position in my life, and I feel like good things keep happening to me. I'm surprised because I was never the one that I felt would deserve a good job, a good husband, or a business. If God trusts me with these things, I want to take care of them. But now I'm afraid that things are too good and something terrible will happen. How do I manage these things and not let fear take over?
0: Ooh. Mm.
2: See?
1: Sure. I so with that one, I say, remember scripture, God is not giving us a spirit of fear. We the power of love and of a sound mind. So, that fear that you have, that's not coming from God, okay? And then he gave you a sound mind. Okay, what does that mean? So, if you have a good job, a good husband, a good business, Okay. What does it take to maintain that good job? Continue doing good works, right? Do what your mm-hmm. boss wants to do. Meet your KPIs. Your good things you need to do. What do you need to do to maintain that relationship with your husband, okay? Meet his needs. meet your needs. Talking, conversating. So, it's using your sound mind that these things aren't random, right? You've done good things to get these good things. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue to have them, continue to do the good things to make sure they stay with you, okay? Good. You know what I do
2: to keep my good husband and my good family. <laughs> I've had a lot of sex with my husband. (laughs) I'd be on my knees praying. I do. And I ask God to sustain me, and I ask God to open doors, and I ask God to educate me. Mm -hmm. So if you need to be educated, like I, I told God I wanted this business, but then I knew that I had to get the degrees behind it. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I'm sure there's things you needed to do to become a coach. And So go out and first pray and ask God what to do, then run and do it.
0: Yeah, I think fear is one of the most powerful emotions Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. because
0: it was the very first emotion that showed up on the scene when we didn't do what we were supposed to do in the garden. Mm -hmm. We hid, we got afraid. Mm -hmm. But I think that fear can be used in two ways. We can have it in the mind or it can be in the heart. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when fear is in the mind, it just makes you think and contemplate things. Mm -hmm. But when when fear becomes your heart, it actually paralyzes you and it makes you stop doing going mm-hmm. and everything. So I think that it's okay to think on these things and say, "Oh, I am so grateful for my house, my job, my husband, my great life. I'm I'm so happy and I'm grateful for that." But don't be so fearful that it gets into your heart and then it paralyzes you to not know, like you said, what to do with mm-hmm. those things because we got to remember that Job, what he said, he said, hey, that that I feared came upon me. Mm-hmm. So obviously it left his mind and got into his heart and then he allowed it mm-hmm. because he was so paralyzed from it to not give him the ability to move through it. Yeah. So fear can be really big depending on where you place it. Right. So Angie said something.
2: She said that don't let the fear get into your heart, right? The Bible tells us out of the abundance of the mouth, the the heart. heart Absolutely. So that means if if fear gets there, now you're speaking fear. Uh And I hope this doesn't happen or I hope that doesn't happen. So we also have to watch our words. One of the things my husband does very well is, when we first got married, he would correct my words sometimes. He would say, uh-uh, don't, no, you don't want to say that. You know, because I was just used to kind of saying whatever I was thinking. And one day, he kind of po- <laughs> oh talked. I me not give you, me. you a lot of blow, blow the head up. <laughs> <'Cause> it was already <laughs> uh, work, again, Is it way It's it, 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 You know, it takes a lot to get the head to the door. But one of the things he <clears is> helped <throat> me with is managing my mouth. And mm-hmm. so now I'm careful. And, and I don't want to beat the Bible over your head, but I read it daily because it tells me what to meditate on. So if I feel any kind of any feeling that's not right, I kind of find a scripture now. And I was just telling you, Benji, the best thing I've to the Bible is it went digital. You can go to any app store, get yourself a Bible, and then look up, how do I get rid of fear? Just start looking up scriptures mm-hmm. to find the things that are going to work for you. And, and
0: Doc and I went over two of the things because a lot of people say fear stands for uh, false evidence appearing real. real. And we were saying earlier that that evidence is really real. When I'm afraid of it, that evidence Mm -hmm. is in my face. Mm -hmm. It's really real. Mm -hmm. So Doc and I, we always laugh and come up with the nukes. Right. Face everything Everything.
2: and recover. And recover. Mm -hmm. Like, just, what was that day? What was Sunday? We got a whole Valentine's Day, yeah. We we don't even do all those days. But anyway, um, we were driving in the snow, and as Darren was approaching a stop, we were going to slam into the back of the car. And then he turned left into oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. We spun around, and he went through the gas station and kind of parked. We didn't feel a, any kind of fear till we parked. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Adrenaline. Adrenaline, right. It was keeping all that fear under control. When we parked, we could have been killed. My mother <laughs> called. I'm like, why are you me? <laughs> I could kind have of been killed just <laughs> a second ago. Then I thought about it and said, but we weren't. You know what I mean? Yep. And so we have to control fear because mm-hmm. it can. Um, if you don't dominate your flesh, then it will dominate you, and you don't want that. So Good. dominate that fear. And, and, and shut it down um, Next question says I have a good life now But before coming to God I was a terrible person I slept around a lot And mistreated a lot of people Should I tell my wife About that part of my life I've never given her full detail I even talked several girlfriends Into having an abortion But now that I have a new baby With my wife I feel a great deal of guilt Surrounding this Is it enough just to repent
1: See you a man Come on a yeah. man <laughs> Come on it's an interesting, interesting topic here, brother. One thing I would say is, unfortunately, um, you didn't deal with all these issues before you got with your wife. So, repent it, clear clear the air with any past relationships you need to do, and clear yourself and get yourself ready for your wife. Okay. Be honest with you, I know. Before before I even met my wife, that I was becoming growing up as a man, but you know what? I got to repent for some things I did in the past, clear some air, stuff like that, and get ready to become a, a grown man uh, so I can have a wife. Right, but unfortunately, you come it comes when it comes, right? So you came into this knowledge, and now Lord's bringing to you, bring it to your heart. You know, hey, I did some things wrong. I would um talk about should I? Should you talk about you? No. No. no, no. Let me stop before <laughs> I was about to no. say. No, <laughs> let me tell you something.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, keep it real, Pastor me Keep it real. No, if right. no. didn't ask you before, apparently she don't want to know. Let me let me say that. She didn't ask you, okay? Now, do, I hope you did an STD test to make sure you don't have nothing that you're really passing off. But let me say something to you. It depends on why you're telling your wife. Why are you confessing your sins now? Because you see a new son and you feel really good about having a new baby, and so now you want her to feel all, you know, just know how beautiful your life is now. She probably did some stuff too. Let it rest. Let it rest. You're going to start an argument that's not worth it. And sometimes if a dog is dead, let it lie down. That's just me. Evangel, hey, repenting is enough. Yeah. Right. You said you repented, right? You ain't going to be out there. Are, are you the person from number one that's trying to get that girl out
1: <laughs>
2: That's not funny. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like don't say nothing. Repent, repent. And stay repentant, right? Once you repent, that right. really means you gave it up.
1: hmm that's a good one because sometimes you can't go back. You right. can't go back, and but you know, right. you repent, just let it be.
2: Again, that's that's movies where everybody go back. You know, I need to talk to you for a second. I I'm fortunate Everybody made free choices. Now you might have pushed somebody really hard, but they agreed to do it. So you just need to sort of, if you are it. You know, just thank the Lord for letting you see the truth now and kind of use that as a testimony when you're privately working with men that need personal help. Okay. okay um, I have a strange relationship with my family. Both of my parents favored my younger sister. Also, I was told a lot that I would never amount to anything. I stay away so that I do not have to keep feeling the hurt. Recently, a cousin passed away. The funeral is coming up, and I'm afraid to go because my family has always been cruel cool to me. Should I go? Why would God turn my entire family against me?
1: Wow, that's an hour. hour. And we only got six <laughs> minutes. Get it, I don't have a problem with you not going if you don't need it. You don't need to put yourself in jeopardy. If you don't want to go, you don't want to put yourself into that. those arrows coming towards you, then don't. I, mean, I think it's your personal choice. If you feel you got to take care of yourself, okay? Obviously, that's your first your primary thing. you got to make sure yourself, you're emotionally protected, okay? And if you feel like you're going to put yourself in danger, um, emotionally, if you can't handle those people being cruel to you, then don't put yourself in a
2: situation. Let, hmm. me, let me say something to you. you stayed away all of this time. You're going back for another reason other than a funeral. Your cousin don't know you're going to be there. I want to clarify that. To hmm. you. She's not hovering over her casket, watching to see what you're doing. The funeral is for the living left to give you a warning that the wages of sin are death. It's not necessarily for you to. I mean, it may give you closure. These days, if you do it at the right funeral home, they can streamline that for you can see that online. Let me also say this. If you ever grew if you know the word sanctified sanctification is when you have been set apart. it sounds like God has set you apart from your family first of all, if you did something and you know why they set you apart and maybe you lost to yourself, maybe look at that first but if you and, and there are lots of people who actively just stick out from the rest of the crowd. If God has separated from you your entire family from you, it was for a reason maybe you don't need to be with them, but then you then you need to get on your knees and ask God, what have you separated me for? Like, you have to ask God why he separated you, because I don't
0: have the answer for that. <clears throat> Angie? Okay, a couple of things stuck out to me, because I kind of hear, <clears throat> kind of different. Now, you say your your parents favored your younger sister. Okay, that was then. Sometimes we carry so much history from our childhood to our adult life, and it hinders us. And then you said, I was told a lot that I would never amount to anything, and that's why you stayed away. So basically what I heard was that you believed what they were saying about you, and so you decided to stay away. Well, if you don't believe that about yourself, then you need to start rebuilding what you know you are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, unfortunately, we get wrong downloaded information, and it comes from our parents, Mm -hmm. our families, the ones that are very close to us. Mm -hmm. Fortunately we began to develop a mind of our own. So the first thing that I need to say, whether you make it to the funeral or not, I need to say that you need to really create an affirmation. You need to start creating some things that will put some positivity into you so that no matter where you go, because even if it's not the funeral, you will see somebody somewhere at some time, Mm -hmm. and what you don't want to do is you don't want to go back into the little girl of they hurt me, whoa, it's me. You want to be able to stand up and be the woman that you are now since you've been away. Mm -hmm. Because I hope you went away to develop yourself and to build yourself up, not just to go away and hide and say, whoa, me, and lick your wounds. So the first thing that I would say, whether funeral or not, you need to understand that you are more than enough no matter what anybody say.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
0: mm-hmm. empowerment can only come from you. And you have to believe
2: that, too. Absolutely. Like you have to, because we can even download better information to ourselves. You know what I mean? I mean Absolutely. Yeah. So you need to be asking yourself what now, not what about the funeral now. Right. But why is this, this is put, it's like a lot of emotion has come mm-hmm. up because oh, the funeral has yeah. happened. Yeah. And I feel like you're afraid to go back because you think they're going to not think you've accomplished anything. Right. But let me say something. No matter what you accomplish that they can see or not see, you have to know that you're good. You have to know that you're doing what you're supposed
0: to be doing. And understand, there are just certain things that's going to happen in every family. Mm -hmm. Competition and all of this Mm -hmm. and siblings, that just happens. Mm -hmm. However, you do not have to allow them to drag you into it. Mm -hmm. Know that you are good. Mm -hmm. The decision you make, make sure it's best for your life. Mm-hmm. and you'll be able to deal with it last comment
2: what god is people always say what god has put together nobody can separate but if you really feel like god is separated what god has separated nobody else can put back together so you may be Absolutely. trying to put something together that doesn't need to be yet yeah, that doesn't mean you can't be among them i mean you want to go and pay your respect where a nice church has some big shades and go make it happen but um, don't go back to prove anything to them. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. that that's what it sounds like it's going to yep. be. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back with my best clothes on to show you I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. But you're already a woman. Absolutely. You, you, no, you don't have them. anything to prove to them. So All right. Last question. Man, we only have 30 seconds. Oh, ninety 90 seconds. <laughs> okay. A person <laughs> said they had an altercation with the pastor after uh, finding out the pastor got a congregate kind of pregnant. Um, note that the pastor is married. And so they want to know what should they do now. Should they stay at the church? Should they leave? Should they start their own?
1: You know, wow.
0: think, yeah. Yeah. We know pastors and babies and congregations is not new.
1: Right.
0: However, when when we are, you know, <laughs> I can say this. God said that he'll give you a pastor after his own heart. If you know that that ain't the heart of God, then the anointing flows from the head down, and if that ain't the anointing, you've got to keep it moving. Pastor D.,
1: I agree with that 100%, right, because you want someone who's going to be leading you in a godly way, right, and this person demonstrates that they're not living their life in godly way. So, you know what, how can this person lead me to where I want to go if that person's not going that same direction? So, yep. they, you know what, maybe I need to find someone who's going to be that godly uh, leader that I want to learn from. That's it. I'm
2: tr- I think I'm hearing, should he tell the rest of the congregation what happened? I think that's what I'm hearing in the